You're listening to the Pursuing Financial Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Jess White. My goal is to inspire you to take action on your journey to financial freedom so that you can live life on your terms and live it abundantly. Thanks for listening, and welcome to the show. Well, man, thanks so much for coming on the show. Basically, this show is um, when I can get around to interviewing people. I really enjoy it, and I like to interview people that are on the journey to financial freedom. They may be on the journey. They may be already there. They may be well surpassed that. And I just like hearing people's strategies and stories on how they're getting there or how they got there. And you have a unique perspective that I like. And I like that we've never really gotten to chat because mm-hmm. sometimes I have to like ask questions. And I already know the answers. And so it's a, mm-hmm. more of a genuine response, which is great. But you're currently living in California. You're in SoCal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So currently in uh, LA. So okay. more specifically Burbank. Awesome. And your main strategy is short-term rentals. So I'm going to go ahead and start with that. How did you get into short-term rentals? And I guess tell us a little bit about your strategy. Cool. Um, I think my background is a really good way to start really understanding the kind of world that I come from and how I use that to do the strategies that I do today. Um, and you know, really started my first, I started my first business at 14. So I was a young bloomer. I always had the mindset, the business mindset. Um, but I also trained that business mindset over time. I became, um, I led a team of 15 people, uh, until I was 18 and making 40 grand a year with my first company, sold it off at 18. Um, so definitely not a traditional way of doing high school. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think that definitely taught me a lot of lessons on how to build assets, how to get cash flow, how to you know manage teams. I think I took that into what I did next, which was start um, in college. I started a um, menu three, which is an augmented reality menu application. So I it was basically doing augmented reality, and so that being on the cusp of innovation and pushing beyond boundaries, raising uh, venture capital for that, getting into a top uh, educational accelerator. Like I did all of that. So <clears throat> that was quite a journey as well. Um, after that, um, I you know, found out that we can't really make as much money as we'd hope. And we were ahead of our time. And just timing. Timing was the issue. And um, we decided to part our own ways. And I moved out to California to work at this company called Avanste. Now, Vonste is a um, short-term rental company, so they do arbitrage. And I was working there as a product manager, which means I was building everything that they have in terms of all the systems and processes to allow them to scale really quickly. So as a short-term rental company, helping them scale, learning, touching every side of the business, including marketing, um, I really learned a lot. And that really were opened my mind. I was like, dude, short-term rentals are the way to be. And, um, you know, a lot of things happened. COVID hit, um, <clears throat> had to, I got laid off and I tried getting into short-term rentals, uh, ana- analysis paralysis for a whole year or so. And I finally pulled the trigger. I said, you know what, you know, after this, like, I'm just going to pull the trigger. I'm going to do this, like, you know, figure it out later. And from there, it's just been a journey. Um, so my strategy right now, I mean, the first one was just buying off the MLS, found that first short-term rental, and I was just like blown away. Um, from there, 10 months later to today, um, well, let's start six months in 
or four to six months, I quit my job. So I was able to, you know, get rid of my, um, my job income and, um, or sorry, supplement my, basically get as much as I made at work through my short-term rental, one short-term rental. And then I scaled really quickly, um, to in the last 10 months, I had, I got six properties, five of them being short-term rentals. So, and this is all using other people's money and, um, other people's credit and just leveraging, you know, people's skill sets and really just bringing the value that I have to the deal as well. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Okay. That's amazing. Four to six months in to your short-term rental journey, you quit your job. Right. That's crazy. And that is a great example of fast tracking. And one of the biggest things I see people do, which I think is a huge mistake, is they think, oh man, I've got I've to save up money for the next so-and-so years. And that's all they focus on. They're just like, I've got to get the down payment. And so they don't think creatively outside of this little box. And so they spend all that time saving up that money, which it sounds like you, which a little bit of venture capital experience and all your other previous jobs, you learn there is a, a very fast way to fast track this, especially if you have experience and you have skill sets. And it sounds like you did some raising money. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much raise money. Um, also met people um, that I presented my value to. <clears throat> so I think one example is when I first, when I got the first deal, I met uh, a guy at a party named Josh Rudin, and he's actually my, um, he's basically my partner to this day. And his deal was, hey man, he's been flipping for 10 years. He's 29. He's a young hustler, just like me, I'm 25. And we said, hey, like we're in the same, we're in the same boat. We're both young hustlers. He's been doing it since 19. Uh, I've been doing it since 20. I mean, I've been doing businesses since, you know, 15. I said, hey, I have all the experience scaling and building infrastructure and building systems and building processes, I can definitely get this to the next level. And he has all the experience with flipping, with being in real estate and doing all that. And so I think it was just like a no brainer for us. I was in Airbnbs. He wanted to get into Airbnbs and we just decided to just take it off. And um, I, I basically, <clears throat> how we split responsibilities, I find the deal. Um, I, I basically do all the sweat equity work of, of flipping it. He's definitely teaching and ex showing me the experience. But after the first two, honestly, at that point, I was just like, it was just clockwork. It was just like, I already knew what was going on. I'm a quick learner. I, you know, I'm pretty much doing these projects by myself in terms of managing them. Um, but he definitely helps. Um, but I have the cap capability to do it by myself. Um, so that was like interesting. But on the other hand, I also help him with the Airbnbs. I know exactly what goes into Airbnbs. I have started uh, STR Nation, which is essentially the group that teaches people how to get into Airbnbs. I put on events all over so Southern and Northern California. I actually have, I'm going to plug this real quick. I have a, yeah. um, you know, STR Nation conference going on October 15th to 16th. If anybody wants to check it out, it's, str-nation.com. Feel free to get your tickets there. Some really big speakers, but really the, the core emphasis I want here is like, this is the thing that I do to teach people. And so I, I was somebody that was credible enough to partner with, to be able to help with the Airbnb journey. And it didn't matter if I didn't have any deals under my belt, <clears throat> I, it would not be as credible. But the fact that I had that one deal it was all tough. And really, I always uh, tell people, just get your first deal. Even if you lose money, it's a great learning experience. It's going to get you the where you want to be, like down the line. So definitely recommend that. Yeah, 
Man, yeah. I think hosting meetups and hosting events like that is an incredible way to not only scale, grow your business, but just build up credibility over time along with documenting on social media. Those are all huge things that people really miss out on. And so I commend you for that, for doing that, because I mean, that's going to take you far places just right there. But that's, that's really, really cool. So let's talk about the first Airbnb you did. Because you mentioned people, the best thing you can do is just jump in there. Even if you make mistakes, where was this first short-term rental? Yeah. So first short-term rental, <clears throat> I always recommend people just to get inspired, right? It's all about observation points. So in the beginning, I didn't think it was possible to, to do remote investing, which or just, I'm pretty sure you do some remote investing yourself, right? Yeah, that's how I started that when I was living in the Bay. I did everything yep. remotely and that was challenging, exactly. but it was so good for me. Yes. And it, it makes it a lot tougher. Don't get me wrong. But um, when I was growing up, I was around a lot of real estate um, investor type people in Chicago. And that's where I grew up. And um, <clears throat> pretty much they told me, they told me, hey, if you're looking to um, do something remotely, you might as well just like burn your money or like, that's just like the stupidest idea ever. And these are like big time in developers in Chicago. And I just believed them. I was like, this is impossible. This is stupid. I shouldn't do this. But what I realized is that they were in a different era of investing, right? Like we're, we've moved on and there's technologies and there's all these things to offset risk. But it wasn't until I moved to LA and I realized, hey, I don't have to invest in California or LA specifically. I can invest anywhere in this, in this country. So I found the Smoky Mountains. I found other people doing it. I found out 90% of the investors in the Smoky Mountains are remote anyways. That just broke my barriers. Once I found out that it was possible, everything, it was off to the races. It was like, okay, it's, it's, everyone's been doing it. So why can't I do it? Like, this is, this is awesome. So from there, just really getting that first deal off the MLS, uh, put the offer in, got accepted. Um, I did it through the short-term shop. Um, and I had experience at that point uh, managing Airbnbs. I mean, I've helped them scale from 200 to 800 Airbnbs. So, you know, that kind of stuff was all pretty uh, no brainer. But um, it was more so just getting that real estate deal. Um, and it worked out. I mean, um, the numbers are really great. I put 10% down on a 306, um, $306,000 property. Uh, and that was 30 with short term shop. Yes, that was with the short-term shop. The 10% down is essentially a vacation home loan, which allows you to get a secondhand home um, for 10% down as opposed to paying 20%. Uh, so you're getting an investment property, technically an investment property, 10% um, down on a personal loan. So that's the way to do it. Love it. Yeah, I implemented the 10% down strategy in January of 2021. Um it was my first one I bought. I bought a beach house down on the Texas coast in an area we love going to that I, I grew up in. Galveston? And uh, south of there, yeah. But it was a, a fairly new construction house that we locked in a, a, a rate of 2.75% 30-year fixed. Now I'm just like, thank God. So I'm super lucky on that. And wow. then the thing that I was wondering was, okay, I didn't know anything about short-term rentals. I just knew this sounds fun. Like I want a place to go and it'll probably cover the cost. Uh, but what I've, what you've seen and probably, and I've seen as well is that these rates are the daily or nightly rates keep going up. And I was not expecting that. 
and that's been amazing. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. You said, did you say you're at six or was that early on? So I'm currently at five. I, I acquired okay. six properties in 10 months. One of them was a flip. Five of them were short-term rentals. Okay. And the way that I did those rentals was through a burst strategy, which you're probably familiar with. Right. Um, yeah. So I did that into Airbnb. Tell the audience a little bit how you did burr those properties. You said you originally started buying these on the MLS. Maybe that was the first one. How did you start finding those maybe off market or direct to seller or however that was? <clears throat> so I met my partner, right? So let's, after I had my first Airbnb, I met my partner and he just opened up this whole world. He said, Hey man, like we can burr these deals. And I started looking into burr and I knew a little bit about it, but this just like blew my mind. I was like, Oh my God, this is an amazing way. Because right now it was at a time where people were getting to Airbnb and everyone was flooding in. So you, you had all these people going in and it's just like, you couldn't find deals and it was really tough. And so I said, why not just find things under market value, repair them, build equity in the property, and then have a running functional Airbnb. That sounds amazing. Um, so that's exactly what we did. And uh, we, so pretty much how it worked with the relationships, I have to find the deal. So I decided, okay, I have to network on like steroids. Like, how do I do this? And so that's where the meetups came in at the meetups all the time, talking to people, you know, just really just getting out there and trying to become like a knowledge leader in my space. And people started bringing me deals, uh, which was awesome. I started getting a lot of really good relationship wholesalers. I started getting really through events, through Facebook messages, through Facebook groups, through just like, you know, like I think just me and you met on a, on a clubhouse. So it's just like meeting yeah. so many people and then just adding them to my social repository. So essentially like Instagram or whatever, and then just keeping in touch with them and seeing kind of what they're doing. And, and just sometimes people, I would just shoot out a message. Hey, I'm looking for a deal in Apple Valley and people would bring me deals. So that still happens to this day, which is great because um, I started focusing on Joshua Tree. And the moment I started meeting agents and everybody there, and I became really close to everybody, the deals just started coming in. It was just like clockwork and I could negotiate really good rates. I got really, I just got into it where I could just buy, 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 buy and get off market deals from agents. Agents, like I just got one today. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's just that is just like, instead of, you know, finding direct to seller, which I think is a great way with marketing, but if you don't have any money, it doesn't mean you can't start. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have money and I was able to just acquire all of these different um, connections and different people that had, you know, deals and they have done all the work for it and they get paid and then I get paid. Right. So it's a win win. Something you hear people that, that get started and, and specifically in the market today or recently when it was really hot was I can't find any deals. There's no deals to be found. And I, honestly, since I started in 2017, People have always been saying that it's too hard to find deals, but you mentioned something that is critical and you sound really similar to me in your strategy because I don't do marketing uh, when it comes to like direct mail. I don't cold call people. I don't want to do that crap, like none of that stuff, but somehow deals fall into my lap and I credit that to marketing myself, building a personal brand, building up things on social media, just documenting my life not even trying to create content, going to meetups, meeting people, finding a way to add value to people's lives. Maybe that's someone that wants to get started. 
uh, and maybe they need help getting started learning how to be an investor. And I always say, instead of trying to go and, and meet the top dog, instead of going and try to, you know, I want to be friends with David Green or Brandon Turner or whoever that is, meet someone that's currently at level two on that ladder. Because in five or 10 years, guess who's going to be at the top? Ride that that elevator to the top with those people and stop trying to meet the people at the top and add value to the people that are going there. And those deals are going to come in like crazy because those people you help, it's not that you're trying to get something from them. I'll clarify that. But it's a natural progression of just being a human. When you help someone out, they're going to want to reciprocate. And so that's a phenomenal strategy and um, it's great for the listeners to hear. So Yeah. So that what, what you just mentioned there, Jess, is, is, is literally it. Um, I like to kind of break it down. I, I heard this in a book somewhere um, where 30, 33% of the people you should surround yourself with are mentees, people that you mentor. So people that you can, you know, basically take your teachings and like, if you can structure your teachings into content that's digestible for somebody that's you're mentoring, that will help you in turn learn that content um, and solidify within your own strategy. So you never forget the basics. Second thing is that middle tier is peers are around your level. So you guys can level each other up and then mentors, people, 33% are going to be people that you know, are going to help you out and, and get you up. And so you want to surround yourself there. But there's a certain, like you said, just you can't just go straight to David Green. You can't go, just go straight to the top dog. you got to make a name for yourself, build a tribe, and then propel yourself forward with everybody else. So it's Ooh. kind of like a team effort, you know. You're making my job easy. I love <laughs> it. 33, 33, 33. Uh, Spend that first third mentoring people. Spend the other third around people that are doing exactly what you're doing. And then hanging out with those people that maybe make you feel uncomfortable in that room. And that is a very, very good room to be in. You don't want to be in the room where you're just like, you almost feel bad for being like successful at something. Yeah. So I always I always say for the people that um, you're going for, like do 10x. So like whatever you're doing, 10x whatever you're doing, that's where you want to go in the next near future so you want to surround yourself around them because they're not too far-fetched where it's like you're not like hanging out with a multi-billionaire that has like they have different problem sets than somebody like you you know what i mean like depending on where you're at just 10x where you want to go and that's the people you should be around so we've talked a little bit about where you're at and just some of your background i want to know because you're clearly a big thinker and i love it i love being around people that think big and your mindset is definitely in the right place. And that is great. Where are you headed? And what are you working on mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. So my goal is to really scale as fast as possible. And um, right now, I, I have a lot of things going on. I'm probably more all over the place than I should be. As a product manager, you should always prioritize. So I think I actually was just like jotting down all my ideas on a board and trying to categorize like what really do I want to focus on in the next three to six months versus next four years. Um, but I know that I want to get in the next three to six months, I'm focusing solely on buying hotels, which is like a new realm of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to scale STRs. Like why not? Instead of doing, it's kind of like Grant Cardone in a way, thinking bigger. Um, why do one by one single family when I can buy one property that is worth my whole net worth? Uh, you know, like that just makes, it makes so much sense and the scale and all this, like I started looking into it and there's so much opportunity there. So I'm doing hotel investing. Um, that's 
one of the top priorities. Number two is making sure that the the Airbnbs I currently have, the burrs that are still pending, to make sure that those go across the finish line. So getting those um, dialed down. And I always say this is another thing that Jess, you're gonna you're gonna like. Um, everyone always t- and I tell you, everybody tells me market saturation, market saturation, fear. It's always fear. It's either Oh my God, there's no deals out there. It's everyone's buying deals. That's, that was the whole COVID thing. And now it's, oh my God, the interest rates are high. The, the market's going to crash. The, like there's always a strategy in every market that you are in. So I just want to like, let people know that that's, that's a thing. Um, where was I going with that? Shoot. Lost my train of thought. Basically oh, where, um, where you were headed. Yeah. So, so considering that I want to buy hotels. I want to buy short-term rentals and I want to buy um, and I want to build my personal brand. That's, those are the big things. Um, the personal brand also goes um, side by side with SCR nation. So SCR nation is, that's like my volunteer have fun. I enjoy doing that. I want to be like, when I really kind of dove in the next four years where I want to be, I want to put on a mastermind. I want to put um, educational uh, materials out there. I want to build infrastructure for people just to fast track to success kind of deal. Because that's where I love to spend my time. I love being at networking events. I love talking to people, seeing their stories, seeing them get their first, second, third uh, short-term rental. It's just so satisfying to me. So I think focusing that, um, building my invest investment portfolio, but at the same time, I really want to focus on really getting there to the point where I don't make money right now on STR Nation, but I just enjoy it so much. And I know that it's going to hopefully pay forward if, you know, you give, you eventually receive, right? Um, and, and I don't expect to receive anything, but um, just planting the seeds and seeing what, what sprouts. Something I love about just everything you've been saying, not just specifically what you just finished saying, is that it sounds like you really, really love what you do because I know I love what I do. I wake up and get to play Monopoly every day. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, this is <laughs> such a gift to be able to do what I do and what you do full time. It's oh, so yeah. much fun. And I think that is a critical component because nothing you said, I heard in your voice that, well, one day when I get here, you know, then I'll be happy when I hit this number, mm-hmm. you know, then I'll be happy because it's about just enjoying every single day in this world of real estate, financial freedom, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, it, it really sounds like y- you've done that. And, uh, you know, once again, I commend you for that. So mm-hmm. hotels, I'm gonna go back to that. I've got a few notes here. Um, sure. That's, I love the, the, the scalability of that and the 10 Xing per se 10 X baby. Um, so what what specific size hotels are you targeting good question so um there's two type styles of hotels and so let's dive into a little bit why hotels what's the why the perspective of hotels why not single family let me just kind of lay it out there hotels more scalable um um cheaper like, especially when you're buying in bulk for each room, when you're renovating, it's cheaper all, all around because it's under one roof. It's kind of like multifamily versus single family, uh, long-term rentals, same deal. Um, third thing is you also get uh, the valuation is, and this is important. The valuation is based on what profit your property is making. So just because you have a short-term rental, like single family home that's making 100K, you're not being valued 
uh, properly like a commercial property would be valued. And so you are valued when it comes to appraisals based on how other, um, you know, that property next door, that's, you know, the exact same, but, you know, is, is pretty much not a short-term rental. You're valued the same way. So it, it doesn't make sense for me. I want to, I want to, I want to go into a property and do value add. And if I increase revenues, if I operate better, if I do a better job, you know, all in general, which I know I will, then I know it's going to increase the, the cap. It's going to not increase the cap. It's going to increase the value of the property accordingly. And appraisals are going to know that and they're going to value it based on those numbers, which is so much more safe. It's so much, it's just easier to deal with. It's more predictable um, than an appraiser because oftentimes appraisers yes. are very subjective as you can see. Mm -hmm. in, especially in residential and you know that. Um, so definitely that's the appealing thing. Plus hotels, <clears throat> to get to your point, there's really two types of uh, hotel deals. There's the traditional hotels, right? The ones where you have the front desk, you have people going in and doing all that, you know, all that multi-layered or whatever. Um, and then you have the models that are like individual cabins, but it's zoned as a hotel, right? Like individual cabins or individual buildings or whatever zoned as a hotel. That's the second way. So both are great. Um, the traditional one takes a little bit longer to convert, but I'm trying to do the Airbnb model to the hotels. So there's a huge opportunity where everyone's in short-term rentals. Why not buy hotels? Do the same thing that the value add with, you know, Airbnbs, which is, you know, getting rid of the front desk person that's 70 to $100,000 a year and implementing all the strategies that you have in short-term rentals because you can operate it from anywhere automatically and having the cleaning teams come in and really just having them on staff and it, it just be cheaper anyways. Um, it just makes more sense to me. Um, so going to that, the deals that I do um, or will be doing um, is pretty much based on price. So if it's 3 million or less, I like to look at it. Um, more specifically, 4 million or less because you can get really deep discounts these days. So I like to look at those kind of deals and um, they could, it, it's, it, it'll surprise you. Like in Arkansas, you can find a deal that's 30, 40 units for under a mil. And, and, and people have done it. And it's, it's definitely possible and it's cash flowing at like, crazy rate. So you're getting a 45 unit for under a million. So that's like a, a, a beach house, you know, and, but you have 45 units. Now, now the value comes in when you renovate all those units, you're getting bulk, bulk floor pricing, bulk um, paint pricing, bulk furniture pricing. It's, it's cheaper all around. You're putting it, you're getting a really cool design in there when everything else is outdated. And then, you know, you can raise the ADR. Ref part to be more specific, which is ADR times occupancy, right? And then raising that raising that ref par, you raise the value of the property. You operate for, for like that for a year or two, and the returns insane. So getting investors on board to get cash flow and equity, they can actually participate and as as an LP and get all the, all the cost segregation write offs the first year, right? The first couple of years where you get all that tax advantages, all those tax advantages to offset your other. Um, um, uh, passive income. And then you also get all of the cash flow. And then once we sell, you get to get that. Usually it's two to three X the value of the property. So you're getting your money back two to three X in three to five years, you know, and, and that varies deal by deal, but 
it's just super exciting. And it's like, I can find the money for this because it's proven the it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you find the deal, the money will come. And, and, and I, and I have a whole list of people that, you know, invest with me and it's great. I just blast out the, the deal to everybody. And it's, it's, it's super, you know, every, everyone's willing to put money in if, if, if the deal makes sense. Right. And the numbers are really attractive. So that's kind of how I like to look at it, man. Uh, so many things, God, you're, you're, you're too smart for, for 25. I'm 29. And, uh, dude, I, I just started at 25. Not that I'm that much older than you, but anyway, you said something I love. Well, you actually, you didn't really say it, but something you're doing in your strategy is, you know, you started in the traditional Airbnbs and you said something that's very important. Uh, it doesn't matter what the market's doing. You can be in recession, you can be in a boom and you can be in a flat line, but you always have to be willing to pivot your strategy. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're pivoting your strategy, although you're closing up the other Airbnbs you have. You're pivoting over to the hotel model, which offers, you know, people are freaking out about interest rates or freaking out about everything that's going on. But you said, hey, this is a great model. There's a huge inefficiency here. And there's also a lot more security. And you prove them that. Uh, like you said, with the, you don't have to deal with the appraisals. You're dealing more with a, a value add and a cap rate, and that's awesome. Um, and and it it brings me to my next uh, question because it sounds to me that you really enjoy, um, I guess, just life and traveling. Is that one of your mm-hmm. passions? Is traveling? Yes. Yes. And definitely. you're mentioning you properties in, this space. in in Arkansas. You're mentioning properties all over the place. And that's something I really enjoy doing. Like mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. traveling to properties. Sometimes I don't have to. I went to a closing in Denver about three weeks ago, not because I had to. Uh, I closed up a flip with a friend of mine. We did really well on it, but I wanted to go sign the papers and celebrate together. Mm-hmm. It was his first flip. Get the ride off the whole trip. And yep. it's it's this stack of life happiness, right? Where you get to have fun in what you do. You get to make money. You get to help other people. Like you're checking off all these mm-hmm. boxes, and you're doing the same thing. Yeah. So, um, never was really a good employee. I'll be honest. Um, meaning, I, I could be a good employee. I just never. I, I just. I, I. I just can't. So I, I hate being restricted in any way. And so I think a corporate nine to five restricts me too much. And if people like that kind of stuff, that's good for them. I quit that as fast as possible. Uh, so let's talk about lifestyle. What, what's the lifestyle of a real estate investor? Um, honestly, uh, lifestyle is really, it really doesn't change much other than the fact that we have more time to do the things that we love to do. And travel is one of those things. Um, and, and like you mentioned, Jess, you have, if you have real estate investor status, which essentially anybody that does real estate, there's, there's different ways to do it. But if you're doing real estate investing full time, like you're pretty much a real estate investor status. Um, so what that entails you is like, you can write off any trip. So let's say that there's a deal and that's exactly what happened. There was, um, we're looking at, um, one I'm, I'm in Dia's mastermind. So Dia has a hotel in, uh, Arkansas and we decided to go check it out and do a little market tour. Honestly, that market tour was amazing. Like we went to the hotel and we definitely did a lot of real estate related things, but it was almost like, like real estate people just hanging out. We're just like kicking, kicking it, like doing market research, which is true. Like we want to see the market. Like we went bike riding. 
Uh, we, oh, well, not bike riding. We went um, a market tour on, on a car, like to just see like all the different areas. We um, ate in a lot of different areas, right? Like we went and saw different like show, like it was just a really fun experience of just being in that market, having fun, enjoying ourselves, but also just being focused on real estate, which is, you know, part of the way that you can actually write that trip off. But also it's just a bunch of real estate people together. Like what else are you going to talk about? You know, it's like, it's a fun thing for us. It's a passion. So um, it's so awesome. It's, it's so cool. And, and, and you could travel. The cool thing when you have properties all over the country and you do a remote investing, you can, I can go to my Smoky Mountains cabin and write off that whole trip. And I, I could work on a few things, you know, fix things up and enjoy myself really. Um, and if you're just changing an air filter. Yeah. Even if it's changing an air filter, um, you're doing something real estate related. There's a reason you're there. Um, and definitely Jess and I are, at least I don't know, we're not, uh, CPAs or any, you know, this is not financial advice, but (laughs) I gotta just put that out there, but you know, it's something to look into with, with your CPA. Yeah. Um, implementing, I love the idea of implementing, uh, just fun and lifestyle into my business. And I just want to incorporate my business into my life to the point where I don't even know if I'm working. Like what I do most of the time to at least my family, like my mom and my sisters, it looks like I goof off all day. The other day I was at uh, <laughs> dinner, I was doing a big shrimp bowl at my mom's house and my sister goes, oh, where are you going to be this week, Jess? I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. And it's just, they think I, I goof off and, and you know, I might, but it, it, it's a blast. And man, being a real estate professional, you're right. I'm not a CPA, so don't listen to anything I'm saying. But it is amazing. I did my first cost seg mm-hmm. study last year, and then I was partly employed uh, in California. But I still met that 750 hours because um, I quit in like early August. So I was able to basically erase all of my income, my W two income, and then every flip I did. And I'm just my mind is blowing daily. I even had. A strategy yesterday that that I came up with that I, I'm still just blown away that I'll talk about later. But man, this is super cool. I've got about five more minutes because I actually have to head out to a closing. I'm headed to close a flip with uh, my friend Robert Arroyo. We're closing that one up today. But uh, man, it's it's been really really good to talk to you and and hear your strategy. This has really been one of my favorite interviews. I'm gonna oh, say. Wow. That's yeah. it. That's stepping in some big shoes. Yeah. I, I've seen some of the people that were on. I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, no, it's been fun. Um, the podcast, it's something I'm not super consistent with, but it, it's something that it's great to, to use it. I can break it up into content. You know, everything that we've talked about today, there's so many things I can just share with you and then you can take it and break it up and then do whatever you want with it. It's another another way of like you and I are just having a conversation but this is also work and it's also fun and it's a great example of what we do oh, yeah. for a living. The cool so. thing for you is you can also get a lot of inspiration for things that you want to do as well. So it's like kind of a selfish yes. thing as well in a way that you can <laughs> learn from all everybody that comes on your podcast. So, And it seems like kind of like we're sitting down and eating dinner and like just chit chatting, which kind of would be yes. a really cool idea. Maybe we should do like a mug bang type thing where it's like, <laughs> uh, dude, yes, mug bang <laughs> all really the way. Cool. I, know, I know exactly what that is. Um, Get some let's shrink. talk about your next meetup. When are you hosting a meetup? And honestly, I'd like to come out. I'm going to be out in California in September. 
but when is your next meetup and how can people be a part of that? You mentioned your, uh, not your mastermind, but your STR Nation event. Yes. So STR Nation is basically a Facebook group. You can join it and pretty much see what, what's going on. But Jess, I definitely, um, inv- I invite you and I hope that you definitely come because I would love to meet you in person in Vegas. Whatever you need to make it happen, let me know and, and I'll help you out. But I think if you go to October 15th to 16th in Vegas, you're going to have a great time. We're going to have Avery Carl speaking, DLU, um, Ryan Bakke. We have just a bunch of different people. Sean from Airbnb Automated. You know, We just have a bunch of people that we brought together to just give the best experience possible. And it's going to be unlike anything else that's in this industry because I've been to a couple events for short-term rentals. And it's not the same. I, I, I have a specific way that I'm going to break it down. And it's going to involve one community, which that's three, three steps. One is building the community, the people you're around. Like I mentioned before, that's how I got money. That's how I got deals. That's the same deal. Same deal with just number two is education to actually know what you're doing. So you can actually take action. And number three is going to be financial freedom. You never have to do what you don't want to do. Do what you want to do. Travel. Uh, if you don't want to travel, then do something else. You can do whatever you want when you have the financial freedom. That's why I like to look at things. If you like your W-2 job, do your W-2 job. If you love traveling and you love doing real estate stuff, do that. You know, So that's all I'm going to finish with. If you want to spend time with your kids, that's also an option, right? Fly planes, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Pick up a hobby. It's all about Run self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. I love it. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you right at 40 minutes. Sounds good to me. Um, I could talk for a couple hours, man. But that being said, Patrick, it's been great to have you on the Pursuing Financial Freedom podcast, Mm -hmm. man. And looking forward to meeting you in person. So awesome to have me here, man. Um, This this one's going to blow up, all right? So definitely comment below what your favorite part of this podcast was and what you want to see who who you want to see just interview in the future oh man do and, yeah. and and let's edit that let's edit that and let's put it on instagram and i encourage everyone else to do the same thing with their own content always put put it on instagram we got to do the shout outs we got to help each other out and that was our interview with patrick what a great show i'm going to go ahead and include patrick's social media info below in the show notes make sure you give him a follow and once again thanks for tuning in to the pursuing financial freedom podcast we'll see you on the next episode